0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Anita Jay and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Thursday, March 24th, 2016. And today we are reading from the big book and we are in the chapter, We Agnostics. And we are starting with the last paragraph on page 46, beginning with Much to Our Relief. Today's readers are Amanda R. on the 12 Steps of OA, Rita P. on their 12 Traditions, and reading the text for us this morning are Kathy K., Chelsea H., and Nicole S., the reference number for Wednesday, March 23, 2016, is 8592. 8592. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, And I will now ask Amanda R. to read for us the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Amanda R. in Maine.
1: One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, 8. Made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 9. Made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11
0: Thank you very much, Amanda R. And now I will ask Rita P. to read the OA 12 Traditions.
2: Good morning, everybody. This is Rita P. consulted over Eater in Arkansas, the 12 Traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Number two, for our group purpose, there is one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Number three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Number four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Number five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Number six. An OA group ought never endorse, finance or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. lest problems of money, property and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Number seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Number eight, OA readers anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Number nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Number ten, Overleaders Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Number 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media communications. Number 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service, and I pass. Thank you so much, Rita P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses
0: on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive over only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. So now, today we resume our study of the big book, and we are at the very bottom of page 46. And uh, Kathy Kay will be reading two paragraphs for us and focusing on the second paragraph And when, once she shares. So good morning, Kathy Kaye.
3: Thank you, Anita. Good morning to you and all, and thank you for your service. Much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another conceptions of God, conception of God. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and to affect a contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. We found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him. To us, the realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek It is open, we believe, to all men. When, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. This applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. At the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth, to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth, but if we wished to grow, we had to begin somewhere. So we used our own conception, however limited it was. And uh, today, uh, this is Kathy Cramer, Recovered Compulsive Overeater. And um, this last paragraph is so meaningful to me. Um, I read it many times before I actually listened and internalized what it had to say. And it was through the guidance of fellow travelers that I became willing to do what it says here um to create my own conception of God. So when I came into program I was an agnostic and I I refused to spend any time thinking about God and what God is. Um but over time as I prayed and developed willingness um I also listened to other people talk about their conception of God. And in fact, I was encouraged to reach out to recovered fellow travelers, and ask them their conception of God or how they achieved a conception of God that works for them. Um, And I would definitely suggest people do that uh, who are still struggling with this idea. I remember um, in the last 10 years or so uh, having a few poignant experiences. One was at a workshop with Lori C., who is an agnostic? he He actually may even be an atheist, I can't remember, but he did talk about his conception of God, which uh, for him were the core values that he wanted to live his life by, like justice and love and wisdom and patience and compassion. And those for him became his higher power. And when he sought uh, connection with his higher power, he would spend time in contemplation with these core values and how he would carry them out in taking his next right action. At another point in time, uh, it was suggested to me that I write out my own definition of God Um, And I've done that several times, and over the years, that conception has grown, widened, and deepened. And um, it's a wonderful exercise to actually put on paper my conception. And another way to think about it is, what do I need from God? What do I need from God in order to live a recovered life? And... um, I've done that, too, several times, and it keeps deepening, growing, and widening. So that's the good news. We can do it. Uh, we just have to follow the instructions in this paragraph, and with that, I pass. Thank
0: you very much, Kathy Kay. And who else would like to share on that? the first paragraph on the top of page 47? Edith R. Edith R. Larry. Larry K. Melanie C. Melanie C. Paula D. Paula D. All right, let's go with Edith R. followed by Larry K. and Melanie C. and Paula D. Good morning, Edith R.
4: Good morning, Anita J. It's actually Judith R., in Vermont. No worries. <laughs> no worries. You just recovered in Vermont, thankfully. And um, this, uh, your own conception of God, is um, had a sort of funny reverse effect with me, which was be, about five years before I found OA, I was an agnostic on a good day and an atheist on a bad day, and I was really angry with the church I'd grown up with and had sworn never to darken the door. And my higher power had different ideas and gifted me with an amazing um, spiritual experience, which ironically brought me in one evening back to the the religions of my childhood, both my father and mother, which were two very different forms of Judeo-Christianity. And so... By the time I found OA, I was annoyed with you guys because you didn't have a very specific higher power like I did. And I was really skeptical of of anything that OA had to give me for a long time. Um, fortunately, the food drove me <laughs> into OA's arms. And... Um, I have learned more from the atheists and agnostics in this program than they probably have from me. So it, it worked. Eventually it worked to the good. And after many, many years in program, I thought, oh, maybe, maybe it's higher power who remains anonymous. Maybe higher power is so humble that he, she um, chooses not to care whether we, what name we know for God. Thanks for that,
0: i Thank you. Thank you for that idea. And um Larry Kay, I got your name right, didn't I? You
5: you did. You did, Anita. <laughs> okay. Thanks so much. I appreciate that. Uh good morning, Larry Kay, recovered compulsive overeater. Um yeah, I wanted to weigh in on this. Um you know, the um I guess what, what what pops off the uh, the page of the big book for me this morning is the word earnestly, um, because I I never did anything earnestly uh, unless there was uh, something in it for myself. You know, I was self-centered to the extreme. I'm I'm a little bit less self-centered today. Thank thank God for that. Um, so you know, what is earnestly when when someone earnestly seeks something? You know, er, to be earnest is to be resolute, uh, to be serious-minded, uh, determined, industrious, purposeful. You know, to have a sense of purpose. And um, you know, uh, in this process, what I found is, is I was not very earnest. I was earnest in terms of losing weight. Oh, let me tell you, uh, I was ready for that to happen. For 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 me. Uh, for myself and I, the party of three, um, I was ready for that to, to go down, and uh, and it began to go down when I came into program. You know, uh, that began to happen for me because I I was dieting with group support. We hear that. I used to roll my eyes when I'd hear that, but that that's so clearly some of the things that stick with us or uh, stick with us for a reason. I, I was dieting with group support Um, I would get, get into meetings. I would try to follow my food plan to the best of my ability. Invariably, um, I would end up picking up food again and it wasn't pretty, you know, get out of the way, um, you know, stuffing myself. Um, you know, so, so I worked this program, um, as though my weight depended on it and, uh, uh the The idea of of coming to believe that a power greater than myself, something outside of myself, something that would give me a sense of humility, something that would would change me, these steps would change me from you know from from the, from the, my toes to the to the very top of my head, you know would change me internally and restructure me as a human being that i didn 't want I, I wanted my pants to fit I wanted the opportunity to meet you know uh uh, to find another hostage. I mean, I mean, you know, girlfriend, you know, or, or or something along those lines. You know, that's what I wanted. You know, I didn't I didn't want uh, particularly a higher power if I got one. And if you told me that's what I needed, you know, and I got one, that that would be great. But that was secondary for me. Maybe there's someone on the line this morning that can that that resonates with. That it's very secondary. Today it's primary for me. It's primary. Is my relationship to my higher power, who would have thought I would have anyways with that, I will pass thanks so much.
0: thank you very much, Larry Kaye
6: and good morning, Melanie. You are up good morning, Anita j. thanks so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Melanie C and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater calling in from Oregon this morning, and I take to this the need that Melanie had to be a reassured and reassured and reassured about God because I was very skeptical, very skeptical, very doubtful and quite angry, that's the angry me about this God because the idea that I had um, long ago had stopped working and I would bristle against the word of it, Um, I tried it and it didn't, you know, give me what I thought that I needed and so this was really a scary place for me to be in, so the reassurance um, of this new idea about something. This new conception was very, very helpful to have them tell me this again and again and again. And and I finally got the idea that that the prejudice that I had, the old ideas that I had about the introduction to God would need to be set aside for a new idea, if I, if this deal was ever going to work. And I didn't know where that was going to take me. I was really afraid. You know, in my wor- world, you could not change a concept of God. Oh my goodness, don't stand next to me if I were because you'd be struck by lightning. Can't do that. And so it's very scary. This was a serious, serious turning point for me um, to be able to even consider changing that. And so that probably was miracle number one. And The big book with its reassurance told me that I just had to think about the possibility of believing the idea and could I see something in someone that was happening that I wanted and then I could pursue on that note without any preconceived notions. Now how in the world did I put down an old idea? Well, I asked myself a couple of questions about this thing. Do I want to? What is it going to look like for me? How do I want to fit it in? And I very, very tenderly took some steps towards that new thinking, that new thinking. Am I an atheist? Do I want to do that? Well, you know, I tried that on for a while because I get to choose. And I was a bit defiant about this whole thing because doggone it, you did me bad and I'm not going to do this deal with you anymore. But the the thing that came to me was that The beginning was to commence to start to begin to believe because it happened for you. And that's all I needed to do to start. And all the rest has taken shape and taken form. I didn't have to declare myself atheist. I didn't have to declare myself agnostic. There's something that began to happen within me as the steps came in and the ideas of those four absolutes started to sort of kind of like take shape for me absolutely honest absolutely pure absolutely unselfish and absolute love and it kind of developed from there and it continues to i don't claim it and i don't even give it a name but it sure does help to just to call it god in here for us all without any prejudice or any separation but a unity thanks with that i pass
0: thank you very much melanie and good morning paula d it's your turn
7: And a good morning to you, and thank you for your service today, Anita. This would be Paula D recovered with by the grace of God. I'd like to come to this this line here and share on it as the opportunity is presented, and that it is at the start oh, finally a place to start. I was always in the middle of things. I was always at the end of things, but look at where I am today, and this is what it says at the start, this was all we needed to commence, they'll commence again, to begin, to begin. There must be a beginning, and here it's presented, spiritual growth. Now, notice it says growth. I already had it within, but it was so covered up and so mucked up with all my thoughts and what I thought life had done to me. But then something happens, growth. To affect our first conscious relation with God. I'm reading it as it is because I always go back there. Imagine. I don't put our ad to it. I see it. Finally seeing it. Conscious. That's the thing. A relation. A relation. That changes everything, doesn't it? With God as we understood Him. At that place, I wasn't thinking like a fifth grader. I was thinking like a first grader that I was. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. It was like if I could put a picture that someone picked me up or something so far greater than I. I couldn't do it. Pick me up. That I could finally touch something that I thought was beyond reach. And then I realized what, who, give it a name, it's fine with me, I will give it my name. God picked me up and let me reach finally. That was growth. Then I understood, and it became clearer and clearer. And that is when it commenced, a relationship greater than I ever knew that could take me out of this disease that I could turn myself recovered. I thank you for this time that I have been given, and with that I do pass.
0: Thank you very much, Paula D. And who else would like to share? Charlie? Charlie. Charlie. Yeah, just a minute. Just a minute. Nancy? Nancy? Okay. okay, wait a minute. Nancy R. and Janice B. And who was after Charles H.? Sally. Sally. Was there somebody else in there too? All right, then. We're going to go with Charles H. and Sally A. and Janice and B. and Nancy R. and Sarah W. All right. Good morning, Charles.
8: Good morning, Anita Chase. Thank you for your service, Charles A. a public Compulsive O reader just for to today. Um, yeah, I talked about it yesterday, but I want to touch a little bit on it again. Don't let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from honestly acting yourself what they mean to you. You know, lay aside and this is what it, my interpretation, lay aside who wrote the book. Lay aside what people you know, you know, people bristle when they hear that, that the God thing, right? Um, like, you know, think of a gang of donuts. That's, that That was definitely God for me before program. A group of drunks. Good old derelict. I mean, I'm trying to open your mind up to think of something else. It, it, you know, I, I'm going to jump out the penthouse and say, you don't need God to recover. I'm going to say that. You don't need God. You need a power grade. The big book is trying to say we need a power grade in ourselves. Notice they're not even talking about drink. They're not even talking about drink, in and in, and in, uh, in we ignore They're not talking about drink because we're we're beginning to to get results when we get that access. We ain't get it yet, but we trust and believe that there's a power grade in ourselves that can pull a chronic, compulsive overeater like me from the depths of hell. And when I say the depths of hell, I mean the depths of donuts, the depths of uh, cake, the depths of cookies, the depths of ice cream, the depths of pizza. They're not even talking about it. They're not talking about binge food no more, right? Because I need access to something greater, and it ain't got to be God. And I'm not saying it's to get to get brownie points with atheists or agnostic. Because truth be told, sometimes I need proof. Sometimes I need proof. But, but but other days when I'm a little spiritually uh, set, I don't need proof. Because I need hope and faith. And that's all I need to, to get results. And with that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you very much, Charles H. And just a reminder to be uh, muted, folks. Uh, When you're not sharing. And now, Sally A., it's your turn. Good morning. Oh, good morning, Anita. I don't don't have a timer here. I wonder if you could.
6: I will. I will. It's Sally A.
0: Recovered in South Jersey, and thank you for the opportunity to share this morning on this. And so here we are. um, So much has already been said that's so precious. And um, I just want to add here, when I read these words here, to affect our first Conscious relation with God. First of all, I want to remind you of page 72, which kind of gives us an umbrella and, and, and sort of stops us in our tracks and says, okay, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? Why do I have to do this? I just want to lose 50 pounds. Why do I have to do this? So page 72 at the top, it says, having made our personal inventory, what shall we do about it? And here's this little umbrella. We have been trying to get a new attitude. I mean, that's what the steps are all about, a new way of living, a new design of living, a new manner of living. That's what they tell us these steps are about, right? So we're trying to get a new attitude, a new relationship with our creator. Well, what if I didn't have such a great one to begin with? Maybe I do need a new relationship with my creator. What if I don't even believe that? wait i'm going to get there and the final thing is and to discover the obstacles in our path that's the umbrella of what we're doing these three things trying to get a new attitude and god knew i needed a new attitude because i was very negative i was very unhappy and i was making anybody i could possibly make unhappy with me unhappy with me i needed a new relationship because mine was very broken i was i had very broken trust in my God. I needed a new relationship with my creator. And I needed to discover the obstacles that were stopping me. So come back here to page 47 where we are today. And we see the elements that, that are talked about. These key elements are on this page. We need to be willing. We need to be believe. We need to be open. We need to be honest. That's what it tells us here. Do not let any prejudice you may have against spiritual terms deter you from Honestly, these are the elements on page 13 at the bottom of the page, and over and over, page 57 gives you the elements of recovery. They're all here on this page honesty, willingness, believe, and humility. I'm sure it's here somewhere, I haven't located it. But here's my point this morning what if you even took this to step one? What if you would, just as you know in your heart that you admit that you're powerless over food, that your life is unmanageable, what if you here too take this to your higher power and you say, I don't know how to believe. I need more belief. Help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. I don't even know how to get started believing. I don't know how to have a relationship. I admit that I'm powerless not just over food. I admit that I'm powerless to have a healthy relationship with a creator. I'm not even sure that you're there. Do it for do it for me. Time. Thank you. And that's what this is about. We can ask God for that too. Help my unbelief. Thanks for letting me share with that, I
4: ask. Thank
0: you very much, Sally. I- And Janice B., it's your turn.
9: Thank you, Anita. This is Janice B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Vermont. Grateful to be here and grateful to be sharing. Um, So something that someone said previously gave me a picture of um, this little seed Deep inside me, in the darkness of um, of myself, um, and that little seed was like like the God in me, and um, and it. You know, it's like I didn't—I didn't even know it was there. I didn't nourish it. I didn't know how to connect with it, and um, and just like to start thinking about it and and feeding and 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 feeding and trusting that it will grow um, through. Through working the steps, and first of all, just like even naming, like who I need that higher power to be. If I'm if I'm powerless, then I need a power greater than me, and I I need to 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 say what I need that power to be, and and so. It's it's me and my higher power, and I I need to name the relationship that I that it is. And the big book, you know, you can use the word God, you can use he says creative intelligence or director or there's lots of words that the big book uses to name. To name God, so someone said, what is the relationship that I yearn for? What do I need my higher power to be for me? And um, for me, it was healer. I needed to be healed. And, um, and in that naming, it helped me to... Um, to kind of make the relationship stronger help it it helps it to grow to um and so um it is growing and I'm grateful I pay attention I I um attribute all good things to the God working in my life and um and with that I pass thank you, thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Janice B. And good morning, Nancy R.
10: You're up. Hi. Good morning. My name is Nancy R. I I am a grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. And today I just feel compelled to jump in on the conversation. I haven't listened for the last few days intently to uh, shares around the whole idea of a conscious contact with God. When I first came into the program, I guess I was really cocky uh, about the whole concept of God. Having literally been born in a parsonage uh, and spent my childhood in a parsonage, the daughter of a very prominent minister, I really thought I had the God thing down. And when I came into the program, I, I figured that this part of the program would be so easy for me and i discovered that i did not have a relationship with my higher power i had a lot of religion i knew all of the uh, i knew all of the rituals i memorized them all and uh, but i did not have a personal relationship with god and i didn't know that i didn't have a personal relationship with god until this food beat me down so bad in the program, in the program, because I came in to lose weight. And it just took me such a long time to really grasp the concept of what a, a higher power was. And and I had to go through the period of releasing uh, the higher power of my childhood. I had to let a lot of those things go. I recognized a lot of those, the things I had just done ritualistically. I didn't really believe them. I had to let go and uh, I had to come, I have come full cycle. Today, I I proudly exclaim I have a relationship with God. It's mine and mine alone. I don't have to explain it to anybody because it works for me. Uh, Last week, I got hit with some news that just knocked me to my knees a family affair. I couldn't breathe. It was so devastating. The first thing I did was I cried out, God, help them, you know, and help me to be of service. What can I do? And the next thing I did, I picked up the telephone and began to call. That's, you know, for an adult like me, I've been changed. And that's what people in my congregation used to talk about when I was a kid, being changed. And I would say, oh, yeah, right. And I, I remember my grandmother talking about enjoying her, her journey with her higher power, whom she called another name. And today I smile because today I'm enjoying my journey with my higher power. And like my granny used to say, I wouldn't take nothing for my journey now. Likewise, I can proclaim that same anthem today. I wouldn't take anything because today, in the past, I would have had to turn the food. The news was so devastating, I would have had to turn the food. That was my drug of choice. But instead, the program has given me my higher power to reach out to. And within an hour, what 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 was so baffling about this situation? Within an hour. Thank you. Within an hour, it had been resolved. Wow. Uh, I wouldn't take anything for my journey now. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thank you very much, Nancy R. And good morning, Sarah W. It's your turn.
11: Good morning, Anita J. Thank you for your service. <clears throat> my name is Sarah W. I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overreader. Um, I really like the paragraph too, and the thought that came into my mind as far as how I see this paragraph is um what it means to me. You know, I think the whole book is what it means to us, you know, how we interpret. Uh, for myself, um, there's a real difference between spirituality and religion, and I really had to separate out that. Um, and I didn't have to judge what what it was, but for me, when I came into, um, my family was very, very religious-oriented and more about tradition, and there really wasn't uh, any um, any lurking of a higher power that was really could be connected to me. Um, It was another language uh, that prayers were in. And I I just couldn't, I I think I always was a seeker and I always wanted uh, some sense of a connection. And I wanted to uh, just read what the difference um, is according to uh, the dictionary, the concordance, uh, because it was important to me and maybe it will help somebody else. So religion is a belief in a divine superhuman power, or powers to be obeyed and worshipped. That's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's bad. But the spiritual part of the whole thing is of the spirit or soul, um, which is uh, distinguished from the body. Uh, For me, my higher power nourishes my soul. And um, all things of higher power nourish my soul. And that's the way I look at it. And um, I was taught that those things like beauty, you know, um, love, nature, um, goodness, truth, justice, all those things that I would tend to believe that, that was of higher power, the more I believed and the more I tried to to su- side up, side up next to or to be close to, that I would develop those things. And I just had to get myself out of the way and trust. And that's the name of the game for me, trust. Really trusting that something can be there for me, that I'm worthy, and that I don't even have to be worthy. I'm just worthy because I am. I'm a human being, not a human doing. And with that, I pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much, Sarah W. And now I think we'll move to the next paragraph on page 47, and uh, I've asked Chelsea H. to read it for us. Good morning, Chelsea.
12: Good morning, and thank you for your service. I'm Chelsea H. I'm a recovered compulsive eater just for today. We needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe or am I even willing to believe that there is a power greater than myself? As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him he is on his way. It has been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. And then there's an asterisk to tell us to please be sure to read Appendix 2 on the spiritual experience. Okay, so let's unpack this a little bit here. For me, this part of the work is saying to me that all I need to do right now is to have faith that if I continue with the rest of the work, whatever this power is greater than myself will be revealed in some way to me. I don't have to know what it is right now. I don't have to do any defining or anything because that power will be revealing itself to me. And this is the first question for me in step Two, there's another question that comes along that um, actually underscores all this that asks me either God is everything or God is nothing. What is my choice to be? So either I am going to move on with the rest of the work or I'm going to go back to the food at this point. Either I think a power can help to restore me to some sanity in this area or I'm going back to the food. What's my choice to be? Because this is going to be the basis. This is the base, the cornerstone that is going to. everything else is going to hinge on because the rest of the structure that it has to be built. And if I look to the spiritual experience, which it seems this is the third time now they're telling us to look for the spiritual experience. So apparently that information in there is critical. And in this paragraph I read, it speaks to emphatically, Telling this individual, you, all you have to do is just say you're willing to believe. Nobody, no, Nothing has to be in concrete right now. I can look at that spiritual experience and see that I, when I read it, and let's keep in mind that this book was appended. It was added to it. So the book was changed. We're on the fourth edition. This change was so important it had to have its own chapter. That inner resource that it talks about, that awareness of a power greater than myself, those will become my spiritual resources. And whatever is at the totality of it all will be in charge of that. Not another person, not another human being, no human power. So no other human being can give me directives of what to do. Only my guide of destiny will be able to do that. So either God is everything or God is nothing. Right now, all I have to do is to be willing to believe that a power greater than myself. Well, at this point, it could be a car jack. If I get a flat tire, I need a jack to raise that car. I don't have any power. I mean, it could be the ocean. I could go out and tell the waves, stop coming to shore. Not going to happen. So there's many things more powerful to me. I don't have to figure out all out right now. I need to keep moving forward with the work so that the result of the steps, having had a spiritual experience as the result of these steps, can kick in and do whatever it needs to do. Either God is everything or God is nothing, not another human being. What's my choice to be? Well, right now, I'm willing to move on with the rest of the work and know that I am not God. Thanks for letting me share. With that, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Chelsea. And who else would like to comment? just a minute. What was Melissa the first King. name? What Carol, was the first... Carol? Okay. All right, I've got Carol D. Santa, and I have um Melissa. Uh Let's start with those three.
13: Good morning, Carol D. Go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Anita. It's Carol D. from uh, the UK Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you so much for the meeting. I really enjoyed what I was just listening to then. Um, Someone gave this to me. um, Put it in your pocket if it helps you and and use it because this process is really beginning to unfold now. Um, When I look through a keyhole, all I get is a glimpse of a room. I can't see the entire room and I can't determine my future based on what I'm seeing just through that keyhole. So I need to do the work, the work that's going to take me to that point where I'm going to open a door into something brand new. And, you know, I just find that wonderful, such a great analogy because for my life, I was always trying to figure out what the happy ending was going to be instead of being right here, right now in the work that I'm doing. Thank you, everybody, and I hope you have a wonderful day. Pat. Oh, thank you very much,
0: Carol. Uh, Melissa C., good morning.
14: Hi, good morning. It's Melissa a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I just love that, that, again, the terms are just not too hard. Um, it's just the willingness. It's, um, you know, and so I think like anybody who's struggling, if you're here and you're listening, well, there's some willingness there. You're willing to admit that there's something bigger than you, that there's something that you are in need of. Um, and just the sheer act of, picking up your phone and dialing in to me is a demonstration of some form of willingness. And that's enough for us to really begin. Um, you know, and I, I know for myself, um, kind of ties in with the paragraph before, but you know, my conception, um, is limited and that's okay because I'm limited, you know, and I'm willing to even know that today that, um, Yeah, like Carol said before, I can only see a small piece. I don't know everything. And, you know, for me, my conception begins with um, the opposite of my lowest weakness. It was easy for me. I couldn't define a higher power, but I sure knew what my lowest weakness was, and I could put that down on paper. Um, That's my disease, my selfishness, it's anger, it's greed, it's pain, it's jealousy, it's closed-mindedness, and just the opposite um, was enough for me to kind of open the door and be willing, and um, didn't have to have a clear, perfect definition. Um, In fact, my definition can grow every day and, and change as necessary. Thank you. With that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you very much, Melissa C. And good morning, Santa H. It's your turn.
15: Thank you, Anita. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Santa Age, A. grateful recovery compulsive OVA just for today. I wanted to comment on that previous paragraph, but I will tie it in with this one. Um, that previous paragraph to me was very important for me to be able to answer this question. Um, and what I love about this previous paragraph is that what it means to you. Wow. No one asked me that question all my life. I was always taught What the belief had to be, but when I came into this program and God was a recovered sponsor who helped me to see that, going back to this next paragraph, I had to ask myself. I didn't have to ask my mother, my daddy, my husband, anybody else, a minister, what I believed, and and I believed in a lot of things, and but now I had to define for me, which was so wonderful is this invisible force, unnameable, visible force, this power, that what it meant to me, and that to me was so powerful about this program, that for once I felt I had a voice. And then I was able to, over time, really, truly, deep down in my heart, say, yeah, I'm willing to believe because I'm now believing what my authentic self believed. this higher power is, and not what someone else has um, tried to stuff down my throat, teach me in a very loving way um, what this power should be. And so, yes, I love what this book says. It's a simple cornerstone where structure can be built because the problem that I was powerless and the solution is that I needed a power greater than myself, however I choose to define it. My higher power loves me so much. It doesn't, it doesn't care what I call it or how I come to it just as long as I turn towards it. And I'm so grateful for that. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you very much, Santa. We have time for one, maybe two more. Jerry. Jody. Jody. Mm Tina. And who who asked? Tina S. This is Raquel. Raquel, we'll see if we can get you in, but you may need to do the second hour. But let's uh, see. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Thank you. Okay. All right, Jody. Austin, I don't think we're going to make it, honey. But
16: uh, Jody, please begin. Thank hey, you, Anita. My name is Jody E., and I'm a grateful recovered bulimic in California. Well, thank you, everyone, for your service and your shares. It's all been um, to the point. I am... Um, This this word willingness, I think this is the key word here in these paragraphs. Am I even willing to believe? What makes me willing is the desperation that I feel as a compulsive overeater when I'm in the depths of my disease. I am powerless over food and I need some power greater than myself to restore me to sanity. And when I come to these rooms and I hear people for whom the problem has been solved and they tell me that they did it by working the steps, which include coming to believe in a power greater than myself, I have to be interested. Just as Bill W. says, I had to be willing. Where's my alternative? To die an alcoholic death to die the death of a compulsive overeater that is my choice so am i willing to be to believe you bet i am i'm willing to try if i want to survive if i want to recover so i i i listen to these recovered compulsive overeaters or i might go to an aa meeting and hear alcoholics share on how they became sober And I hear the transformation, and that's what gives me the willingness to believe because I see it working in someone else. That for me is the most powerful testimony when I see someone who was in the depths of this disease that I share with them that has been transformed. Personally, I've always believed in a higher power, I was raised. In a religion, but me, I I didn't have a personal relationship with God either. I believed, but there was no, the, there was not this personal relationship because I didn't know that I needed it. It wasn't until I was in the depths of my disease that I, and I came to O.A. and it was suggested that this higher power could help me with this very personal problem of food then I really, uh, that was a spiritual awakening. Ah, so this higher power can really be good for something. (laughs) This is what I needed. And when I began to work the 12 steps, that personal relationship began to unfold. And yes, it is a journey, and a wonderful journey. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Um, Tina, uh, can you give a very short share or would you rather wait till the second hour? Is there a Tina here? Thanks. I actually didn't say that I wanted to share, but thanks. Appreciate it. Oh, all right. All right. Well, then that's good because we've really come to the end um, of the first hour. We haven't come to the end of the morning. So I'd like to thank everybody who has shared. And I uh, really invite you to join us for our second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we will now close with the reading from the big book found on page 164. And Nicole S., would you please read this for us? Nicole?
6: Anita, if she's not there, I can do that. Thank you, Melanie. Uh, Maybe you better go ahead.
17: Hi, this is Nicole. Can you hear me now?
0: Yes, yes. Thank you, Nicole.
17: Okay, I apologize. I couldn't get unmuted. This is Nicole S. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered from Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us.